Hello and welcome to Grace Unscripted. I am your host, Audrey Wallace, and today we get to talk to Brian Hoffman. Brian is the manager of First Impressions here at Grace, but I think what we're going to really like about his story goes back to his schoolyard days when he was defending Jesus, and then into his college days when he was kind of in a band and a bartender, and then the moment that he met Jesus. I really loved his story, and I think you're going to love it too. All right. Welcome to Grace Unscripted, Brian. Hello. Um, so, folks, this is Brian Hoffman. And Brian, I have the joy of talking to you today because we have gone to the same church for probably a dec- decade together now, and I really don't know your story at all. So I, I cross your path all the time because you are, and tell me your exact title here at Grace. So I manage First Impressions, Ministry mm-hmm. Manager of First Impressions. First Impressions. Can you explain what First Impressions means for those who might not realize our church lingo? Yeah, so First Impressions is anytime you walk, you drive into the into the parking lot, when you're walking into the door, it's your overall experience that you're going to get, whether that is interacting with a person, whether that's uh, feeling like you know where you're going to go and there's someone there who can smile and greet you and even just say hello if that's all it is or have a deep conversation because you need that. Uh, The first impressions side is really there to make sure that people feel loved when they come in, that they know that there's someone who's there to talk to them if they'd like to talk, and they're the ones that help them feel like when they walk in, it's not um, necessarily the first time they walk in. They feel welcome. They feel warm. They feel like this is a place that they want to be and they belong. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a pretty big job because I think when we look at folks walking into churches that... I think it's a big fear. Like that's kind of like public speaking in a way, as far as fear level goes. I'm going to go to a church. Am I going to feel like I belong? How do I even get to the building? Which door do I enter? And where do I park? So that's a really big job. Um, and I'm curious just to kind of get to the the origin story here of of Brian Hoffman. Um, where what is you what is your story? Where would you start if you were tr- trying to explain how you got to this point in your life now? Uh, I. I grew up. Um, I always. I grew up in a family that would go to church, but we really were church hoppers. So okay. we went to multiple different areas, multiple different churches, and I feel like we really were doing that because my mom was finding her place of where um, where she would feel like it would be a good place for her to go and for the family to go. Um, but we did so much church hopping, we really never got a chance to. Um, meet people, make connections at places uh, they may have, but as a kid growing up, going into churches, you'd sit in a pew, and then mm-hmm. you'd go to a Sunday school and then come back and sit in the pew again for the rest of the service. So I never really like got tied into that. But my origin is basically I started going to church, and um, I always had that foundation of who Jesus was. I couldn't say that I had a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't have really explained it. I was just like, yeah, Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. And I would always be the kid who would defend Jesus, if somebody would say something about Mm -hmm. it, even though I didn't necessarily know what I was talking about, I would defend him. (laughs) Uh, So that was like really my, I always felt like strong enough that I could defend that faith. Maybe not well, but I felt like I had to defend him. Uh, And I I don't really know the the necessary reason of why I felt I had to defend him, but I knew that I've always had that connection, whether it was uh, deep or it wasn't. I didn't know that whole piece. But growing up, um, I distanced out of the church really for a long period of time. Really, when I got to the age, I'm the youngest of three. I have two older sisters, and there was just a lot going on in our family. Mm -hmm. And I think by the time I got to my teenage years, my parents were basically just 
are you doing this or mm-hmm. no? And if I had a no as an option, it was just no. Right. So I stopped really mm-hmm. going. And then I got tied back into it a little bit in high school. But the after high school was over, we didn't have anything after that, like a young adult or a college ministry or anything. So really from 18 until I was about 27 years old, I just went out and lived whatever life I was Mm -hmm. going to live with, whoever I was friends with at the time. Mm -hmm. So I really, really, I would say, like, left uh, any kind of uh, faith in it, and I really, like, hardened myself towards it to the point of where I just didn't want to go to church. That sounds like it validates everything that Grace Church has in their, like, book of beliefs and and our, you know, kind of action plan of who do we target? We target Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Between that 18 to 27, landing right there, that 24-year-old male, like, absolutely. So um, in that, in that like, distance time, you're going to college, you're, uh, your family, you have stuff going on. I don't even know your wife's name. Did you meet your wife in college? So, yeah, so the, the part was, like, I actually, <laughs> when I graduated high school, everybody I knew was going to college. I went to college and dropped out of college All four right. different times. Okay, that's impressive. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I was going because I didn't know what I was supposed to do mm-hmm. in my life, and everybody I knew was going to school. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I went to went to school, didn't know to, which path I wanted to go mm-hmm. into. So I was like, oh, I'll be a teacher because you get summers off. So that was like always <laughs> a good. great idea. Uh, and then I would just drop out, and I I kept dropping out because I didn't have – I really didn't have any ambition. I was in a band. Yes. Uh, so I started. What instrument? Tell uh, us more. Would, what was the I band played, name? I played piano okay. uh, and I sang. I was the lead singer in the band. Oh, my word. Um, Again, so we need was... a video of this. I need parents <laughs> giving me videos of all these people with what they did when they were young. It sounds amazing. And so, yeah, so I was in multiple different uh, bands. Uh, we really just did like gigs and stuff. And did you have like stuff. like Hollywood dreams? Were you thinking you're going to go big in a band? No, like I think my band members more thought that than me. I didn't have the ambition to do that. I just really enjoyed mm-hmm. like do, writing music and uh, being in that. And I had some really talented people in the band, far more than myself. And uh, I think those were their ambitions, mm-hmm. but they all just dwindled out as time went on. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, in reality, yeah, I just I I met my wife. Basically, fast forwarding out, I became I was a bartender for a really long time, mm-hmm. uh, and um, I met my wife, which is funny because I said I would never date a girl that I met at a bar because I was a bartender. And okay, so I said I'd never date a girl I met at a bar, and I ended up going to a bar, and my wife was there, but my wife didn't didn't drink, okay. so I met her there. She was only going there to meet one of her friends, and. I remember that whole moment. She walked in. I saw her. I was like, oh, she's beautiful. I'll never talk to her because I'm not the guy who's going to just go up into a random group. And she mm-hmm. happened to be in my group of friends, which was this whole thing. But that's really how I met her. Uh, and it was funny because I was, I'd say, more of the bad boy. And she was like the really good okay. girl. And it was my mind. I was like, oh, I'm going to change her and corrupt her or whatever it was in my little, mind that was little going Danny on. And yeah, us. I was like, oh, this is going on. And like she was unshakable in wow. in her in her faith and and just who she was. And the thing was she ended up being the one who changed me, mm-hmm. which turned me into a much obviously better person than I mm. was. Um and and that's that's the quick story of There's how I met the, my wife. And her name is Heather. Heather. Yes. Heather, wonderful. Well 
thank you, Heather, for everything <laughs> that you did and yeah. the strength of, of your faith. It's so interesting. I, I do want to rewind to the defending this faith that you didn't even fully understand. Because again, talk about like greatest fears for people is defending especially their faith and what if they ask the next question and I don't know the answer to it and you're a kid and, and you're doing that. And have you seen that resurface now in your adult mature faith? It's funny. I feel like the uh, the less you know, the stronger you okay. can fight. That makes sense. Um, because when people ask you the hard questions, you mm-hmm. just go back and you fall and you're like, I just believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the more you get, the more you mature and the more you start to know and you have the relationship, it's not that it's harder. It's just more complex to explain it mm-hmm. to somebody where – when I would defend it, I would be fighting it almost at the same level of the person who doesn't doesn't believe it. Like mm-hmm. I'm just kind of here, and you're just kind of not there. Mm-hmm. So it was just a an easy debate. But the more you know, and you start talking to a bunch of people who know nothing, mm-hmm. it's trying to make it simple enough mm-hmm. to where you're not overloading, and but you're not missing mm-hmm. the point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure I missed so many points <laughs> when I was when I was defending it before and I'm sure I was way off the mark on many things yeah. but it just was always ingrained in me that like yeah. Jesus was was Lord uh, he was God and that was just what I believed that's that's really cool um I'd love to see a young kid stand up like that you know yeah. that's really cool so then okay so we're in you know I don't know if it's college age or early 20s or what have you but I want to hear more about meeting Heather and in that process meeting Jesus a little bit more and what that looked like for you and how like your heart began to transform because it sounds like maybe it was pretty hard from 18 to 27. It was. I mean, I the thing was I look at it now and I'm like, man, it was all the things I wish I could have done differently. I, I'm glad nothing changed because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be who I am or where sure. I am right now. But when I met Heather, I was oh man, I don't know, I was 25, 25 or something. I had been bartending um, since I was about 21. I bartended in downtown Cleveland for years. And so I met Heather when I was about 25 and she was in school. She was going to get her degree to become physical therapist. And uh, really I was in just a, uh, I would say like a really hardened space where um, anything, I just wanted whatever I wanted. And I didn't care who I stepped on or uh, who I like offended to get to it. I just, if I wanted it, I would go get it. Hmm. Um, and so that's like when I met her, I saw her come in and I was like, it, it was just like almost like, oh, game on. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, here we go. <laughs> does she I'm know like, this? <laughs> she, she does. She does. She knows. And she, she won that one. But when mm-hmm. I saw her come in, it was everybody knew who I was. And I had this whole weird thing I used to tell everybody when I would meet a girl. I was like, you don't want to like me. I'm not the guy you want to like. Like, you don't want to date me. Um, And I met her and everybody's like, oh, like, just don't even, don't even bother. Don't, don't waste your time. Yeah, your personal brand is out there and you've, (laughs) you've done a good job of solidifying that. And now you're like, actually retract that with, (laughs) with this one. It was funny because when I had first met her, I went into the bar and I saw her and that, that friend. So I started connecting uh, and talking to her a lot. And the funny thing was, is since I was a bartender, I made a, a drink. I, ha- I went to the bar. We met up at Bar Louie in, in, uh, mm-hmm. in Lynnhurst. Mm-hmm. And I went to the bartender, had him made this drink that I love to make. So made him the drink, or made her the drink, brought it over to her, gave it to her. Anyways, talking to a couple of my friends, come back, and the drink's gone. I'm like, man, she like 
downed this thing. Mm-hmm. And then I look over at my buddy. Lady. <laughs> look over at my buddy and he's drinking the drink. She mm-hmm. gave it to him. So like my friend, I bought a drink for my friend when I meant to buy her the drink. Mm-hmm. But it was at that moment where I was like, oh, this is uh this is different because I, mm-hmm. I hadn't met anybody who comes to a bar and like doesn't drink, doesn't do anything. It just is really, really sweet. So we start talking. She goes back to school and I actually almost uh, messed this whole thing, uh, this whole thing up with her. I was, I had a best friend at the time. Uh, her name was Suzanne and like I had known her my whole life. And anyways, she started to like me mm. and I had always liked her growing up but it kind of wasn't there but we were like well let's kind of see what's going on here so anyways Heather goes to school and then she's like hey I'm coming in this weekend are you gonna be here I'm like yeah random moment that Suzanne who lived in Florida was like hey I can get you a ticket to Florida you want to come I'm like yeah <laughs> so I go to Florida Heather comes here I'm not here I'm in Florida Whoa. and then I realized when I got back I was like I think I really messed something up yeah. and I had to fight so hard to prove that I could be different because mm. I realized that she was someone I wanted to be different for. Mm. So we get all that. And then fast forwarding through all that, we date for a really long time. Um, we get engaged. And then when we get engaged, uh, we are looking for a church that to get, to get married. I mean, you got to find a church if you're going to get married. So we Is started, she a follower of Jesus yes, at this time? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she, she's always been, she's always had that faith since she was uh, a kid, but I think it really like jumped in in her 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had uh, some difficulties like her family growing up. Um, so she comes from like a background where it's like she went to church and she had the faith. So she really latched onto it in like the difficult times in her early 20s. And we're looking for the church, find the church, um, but we only found the church uh, really because my brother-in-law, who kept inviting me and inviting me and inviting me, mm-hmm. and at this point, I hadn't been to church in probably, I mean, I don't even know. It was probably close to like seven years I hadn't wow. gone to church. Okay. And my brother-in-law just kept inviting me, and I said, I was like, I will go to church if you never in your life ask me to come to church again. Just stop. Because he kept asking me so much. And going to church, take Heather, we go there and we sit in the front row of this church. I couldn't tell you what the message was or any of that stuff. But I just remember like sitting there. And when I went in, I went in looking for anything and everything I could find wrong so that I would never, ever go back to church. That's a statement to say out loud, you know? Like, you were thinking it, but you're like, wow, to look back on that? Yeah, it was, and that that's why I went, I I really went so that I could find a reason to not come back. Mm. And couldn't tell you what the service was, but I just remember at the end, the pastor ended up asking, hey, um, is there anyone here who needs prayer? And it, like... God really like latched on to me in that service. It wasn't anything to do with what I was saying. I think it was just the fact that I went and I was there and I was hearing it. And I just, it made me start to think of my faith mm. and uh, didn't want to. But when he said, uh, anyone need prayer, uh, raise your hand. And I raised my hand. I stood up and from going to that church, trying to find anything that was wrong, I ended up standing up and I just like broke down and started crying like wow. so hard. And my brother-in-law's family and my family, they stood around me and started praying for me. And it was really in that moment where I realized how hard of a, like a wall I had yeah. built up. And I was doing it just because I, I actually couldn't even tell you why I was doing it. I had just done it so long yeah. that 
it was just there. And he finally just, I allowed it to be broken. Yeah. And he like busted through that thing. And when I allowed myself to just stand up and accept the prayers mm -hmm. and just apologize, I just remember in my head, I just kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, mm. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, it was the uh, I'm sorry's were really for just just generally blanketing every single thing that I'd ever done. Yeah. Um, because it was really then like I had always known that I was just drifted so far. And I was just I was I think I was so happy that he finally. I finally saw him again, that wow. that's why I couldn't like I just couldn't stop crying because wow. it was just I was like, I haven't seen you. I don't think I had ever seen him wow. like in my life. And yeah. I got to see him at that moment. And that was really the moment where my faith, everything shifted. Like I, I felt called into ministry. It was a many, many year process before wow. that part happened. But I don't know many people at all in my life. And I've talked to a lot of people to hear their, their story um, that there's such a defined like second of a day, like not even just a minute, but like a moment that, something changes that dramatically. That's absolutely incredible. Like the melting and in, in, he was there the whole time, you know, knocking on the door. And for you to say, I saw him, I finally saw him, like the cloud was gone and you're able to just look into his eyes and receive the love that he was ready to give that whole time. And it's also very brave and humbling and like courageous to have stood up there, especially with people that you know who are gonna see you and and maybe realize certain things they thought about you weren't true because I thought or whatever whatever yeah. psychological mess that could have happened to pause you from standing up so boldly that moment. Do you remember any of that? Like even maybe a torment of do I stand or not do I stand? Or was it just like I'm compelled, I can't even stop myself? I have never had a problem being bold like okay, I've this just, is you again never, arguing I've with other kids had, on yeah, the playground i've never had a problem being bold but i mean i i lit when i stood up i did not care about anybody else around mm. i i didn't stand up because the pastor asked mm. to stand up or who needs prayer stand up i stood up because i, I really was standing up just like saying god here i am mm -hmm. like i can sit down and do the same thing but if you're in the presence of God, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. like I'm seeing a light shining down from the heavens, yeah, like, like I mean, focused on you was, with some I mean, doves. If, if and you ever felt like someone singing. yelling at you, but you don't hear it, you just feel it. Like yeah. that's what I, I was just hearing him. Like I just felt him so yeah. much that I, I could not help but now it's probably the first one to stand up when he said it because right. i was just like i need it now wow okay so you said that there was a journey then to get to where you are now but what what does d the monday morning look like after a day like that like was it an instant change and now life is different or was there like oh do i have regrets about that how did that feel or look or yeah no it was and again it was i still had my whole everything that i was so i all my friends that yeah. i would just drink with non-stop yes. and party with it was that was still in the mix. It doesn't just shift, right. but but I knew I needed to make changes. Mm -hmm. So I started going to church and I started just listening more. And it was really at that moment where I just I just started reading everything that I could read and like finding out anything. Like I did, I bought a Bible atlas at one point. I'm like, I don't know if this will help me. <laughs> Didn't because I was just like, I don't know what this is. But I just started like reading every single thing I yes. could because I just wanted to know who he was, because I didn't know who he was. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if 
I know you've changed me, mm. but I don't know who you are still. Mm -hmm. Like, you know everything about me. I know nothing about you. I need to figure out who you are. So I couldn't stop, like, reading. I couldn't stop trying to go to churches and Bible studies and just different things, just trying to grasp who he was. Mm -hmm. um, so it took a long time and a long journey of me um, still making mistakes, still uh, being the guy who I was in my mind of, like, I still need to be this... Uh, I don't know, like the jokester mm -hmm. and my like crew of friends and uh, just just all these different pieces. I still needed to be that guy for whatever reason. But as time progressed, like I started getting bolder and talking about it. And I yeah. realized when I started talking about him, I'm like, if I'm going to talk about him to people and then they come around and they see me doing <laughs> whatever I was like doing, him. I'm yeah. like, I probably need to stop. And my friends started to notice that. So I stopped getting like invited around mm -hmm. places because it's like, oh, you're not. You're you're being you're being somebody different. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't somebody different to them. I was just acting like I was somebody different. So mm -hmm. I wasn't hanging around them as much. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't because they didn't love me. They loved me. I loved them. It's just our goals. Yeah, yeah, our goals went different yeah. ways. Yeah, and yeah. it was. I mean, the the journey literally was probably until I was about thirty because we came. So we came to Grace Church, and. We can't, so I lived in Cleveland, or actually we lived in Highland Heights, so it was about 40 miles away, and I, I was getting invited by my sister, and it had been a long, so this, this is where it gets weird. I, I had this long, <laughs> long stretch of like, I need to uh, do something, but I was like, I want to go to school, go to ministry, and go to school for that, but the only thing I could find were things that were online or far away, and I'm like, I don't want to do online, I can't do that, and I'm not moving. Right. Um, so like, a long time passes, and I think I kind of like my my fire dwindled out a little bit. Mm. Um, and then my sister kept inviting us to come to the bath campus and mm -hmm. it was 40 miles away. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not driving 40 miles to go to church. We had been looking for churches around our place, couldn't mm -hmm. find anything. So finally we go and uh, if anybody knows, like Richard Fisher invited us yeah. to, uh, to church one Saturday after uh, remarrying my sister's in-laws. He said, you should come to Grace. And I was like, how's the music? He said, I think it's good. <laughs> so we came the next day and like we literally never stopped coming to Grace Church at that point. But there was one moment where they were showing Moody on, oh, yeah. uh, on the screen. Again, don't know what the service was about, but saw that sign. When I walked out, I still remember Heather and I were walking out in the parking lots of the car and I told her, I said, I need to go back to school. And she just looked at me and said, I know. Because uh, like she she knew that was mm -hmm. that was the moment, and then that's really. And Doctor Fisher too. was in charge of yes. that said <laughs> of, school, of so, the <laughs> so it worked really well there. <laughs> that's awesome. So then, did you move because of this? So we we were traveling here. I so we started going to church here. So we were here once a week, and then started going to school here. And that was a whole like that that was another big piece in my life where I was. I decided I was going to make the change and I was going to start going to Moody. And I knew the only way that could happen for me is if I completely quit my job. And so I had a career in banking. I was in banking for 10 years. And I knew I would not do school full-time, job full-time. And by the way, we were also uh, pregnant with our first child. Mm, that that just was complicates coming things on. just a little. But I knew that wasn't going to happen and I wouldn't stick with school if I was doing a full-time job. Yeah. I would just quit school. So... I quit school or I quit working, uh, starting school in August. We had our first son in July. So wait, quitting a job mm -hmm. and having a son that 
That feels it like, feels right. It felt it felt safe. Yeah, it, it was a totally good idea. common <laughs> practice. Really advisable from all financial institutes. And that and being in banking, the funny thing was, I asked, I told every single person, like, this is what I'm doing, and of there were a ton of people who I just knew would say, like, that's a stupid idea. Um, and but there were some people who I told that I was like, oh, they're gonna be super supportive for me. And when I told them this is what I'm doing, um, they weren't supportive on it. They said, have you ever thought of getting a certificate? And mm. one of them was my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a great conversation. And I was like, I can't see anything in my life doing something more important for my family than going into the calling that God is putting on my heart mm-hmm. and letting them see that you can make that decision at any point in your life, wherever you are, Amen. and fully go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and doors just kept opening. And so, yes, we moved here in 2020, January 1st of oh, 2020. My. We moved here, uh, but we were we were driving out here. I was driving here six days a week um, for work and for school and everything else. Yeah, because you were already pretty plugged in at that point yeah like, super and um so just doing a lot of driving finally yeah. we found a house and we moved down here and uh heather's in downtown cleveland working but she's still working down there as a physical therapist mm-hmm. and it's just every door just opened up left and right for us it was it was crazy to see how that's why i can never and i will never doubt what god is doing in my life because the Things that have happened and how they have happened could are not a coincidental thing. They don't mm-hmm. just happen the way they did. It was purposefully and it was timed so well. And me quitting my job and going into banking, or I'm sorry, quitting my job, going into school while having our first child, for most people would probably be the scariest or dumbest thing you've ever <laughs> done. And for whatever reason, it was the easiest decision I have ever made in my life. Peace and I had that never surpasses understanding. It was insane. It was yeah. and he just comforted that whole thing over me and my wife. Um, and we just knew this is where we were going. And that's where we just started thing, seeing things fall into mm-hmm. place where this is what he's calling me into. And there's mm-hmm. no doubting that. Mm-hmm. Man, um, I just also feel for your wife who walked into a bar one day, was given a drink she didn't ask for by a man that probably wasn't the type that she would have ever dreamed of falling in love with and and the life that you lead now together as a family and as a unit here serving in our church. And and then I even think, you know, so you started this by saying you're the manager of first impressions at Grace Church. And I'm curious, first of all, how and why that? And if there is anything of that, you know, your church experiences that like first impressions is the thing that you feel that you need to pour into, or is that just a plug, a hole that needed to be plugged and that's where you're at right now and you have future goals? So... I'm in seminary now, so that I got a year and a half left in seminary. I'm going through a great seminary on that. And first impressions, like I started off as a coordinator. I actually was uh, worked in the adult ministry area for a little bit, and then this position opened up. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first, I was like, I don't know if I want that position because I don't know what this position even is. Um, and then it was one of those pieces where I've always said, I was like, if he opens a door, I'm going to go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was about a 10-minute wrestle before I was like, no, I, there's no reason to not take this position. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always loved interacting with people, connecting with people, talking with people. So the position I was doing was on the phone and at a desk. Don't really see people besides mm-hmm. in the office here. I'm like, I get to be face-to-face with everybody, people mm-hmm. I don't know, people I do know, and just get to connect with people and know them better so 
it was, I found out it was a passion that I had. I mm. did not realize that. Mm. And the more I get into it, the more I realize um, how much I enjoy being with people and talking with people and just encouraging people and telling them the value that they have and getting to know their stories a little bit more. Um, so first impressions was a hole that needed to be filled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say like this is, oh, this is first impressions mm-hmm. in like just just this little capacity is where I want to be, but I want to be in a role where I'm constantly with people, loving on people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things, wherever he leads me is where I'm going to go. If he mm-hmm. keeps me in first impressions, then yeah. that's where he keeps me. But if he opens other doors, mm-hmm. I'm going to walk through them when he puts them in front of me. And I'm sure you connect both with the individuals coming in through the door, but also the whole volunteer crew that I'm sure you're bringing in people who are new to the church. Where do I serve? First impressions. Like that's the coffee kiosk, front door, greeter team, all that stuff. So there's so many angles of ministry there and then watching them connect with one another and all of that is probably such a fun gift to witness. It is. You get to see people from taking the baby step of, like you said, just holding a front door open, Mm -hmm. smiling at people to... Then they just move on and now they're leading a little group because Mm -hmm. they've got to know people within the First Impressions team or just because they've gotten to know people at the church because they are visibly seen now Mm -hmm. in the church. Um, And just helping people to dig more into the word or to pray with them or to give them the opportunity to pray for the team. So things that they wouldn't normally have done, now they have the opportunity to do it, whether it's a small step, which for me, I'm like, oh, that could be a really easy step. But for them, it could be terrifying to pray in front of people. Um, So finding out like those areas where it can push their comfort zones Mm -hmm. just a little bit, but not overwhelm them Mm -hmm. and give them opportunities to just deepen that faith that Mm -hmm. they have and understand a deeper relationship with Jesus. That little schoolyard Brian coming through, just (laughs) defending and teaching others how to do it too. I love that. That boldness, that courageousness. Like it's easy to catch on to others who are nervous as well. But what if we catch on to somebody who's bold and brave? And I love that part of your spirit that God gave you. Um, well, this this definitely was fascinating for me. Do you see anything in your future, anything on the horizon that you see coming next in your journey with God? Is there, um, you're coming up, you said you still have some time in seminary. Mm-hmm. Do you have any visions for your future? Yeah, Maybe. I mean, i Especially in the 30, uh, for 30, 30, 30 atmosphere yeah. <laughs> and all that stuff we have going on here. Yeah, like my, my, my passion is I do want to be a pastor. And I have had, recently, I've had such a passion for the men of the church to become the men of the church Mm -hmm. and not just the men who attend the church. Um, It's, I know a lot of guys who they come and they serve and they do that thing, but I want to see more steps of them taking the bold step of taking other men under their wing and leading them along. Mm -hmm. So that has been something that in the past years really like spurred into my, Mm -hmm. my heart of helping those men see that Mm -hmm. value that they have and the power that they have to do things for the other men of the church Mm -hmm. who may be struggling or may have been where they are um, and just helping them. So that's really my passion is to, I do want to be a pastor. Like that's my Mm -hmm. goal. Um, But I already feel like I get to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's a title or not, I get to be around people, pray with people, encourage people, lead people, help them understand their faith and build that faith. So no matter what, whether I have a title or not, it doesn't stop me from wanting to like pour that as hard as I can into every single person that I get to meet. I love that. 
I absolutely love that. And I can see, you know, those relentless folks that invited you to church, whether it's your brother-in-law or your your sister who invited you down here to Grace. That's Those are pieces that you're taking with you in the work that you do through First Impressions to make sure people feel welcome and invited and comfortable and come sit for a while and stand up if you feel called to do that too. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for everything you do for our church family. And I know people are going to love hearing this story. Um, And I really appreciate you sharing it with me.